Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find it at Romance in the Podcast. Ooh, ooh, baby, had me a hello. Ooh, I love you. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch Cruel Intentions. Now, was this the first time either of you had seen this movie before? It was my first time seeing this movie. Really? Wow, Paige, I'm so, so sorry. This was like I, uh... a nostalgia trip to movies I've masturbated to growing up. <laughs> I've never not watched this movie masturbating as a 15-year-old, and it's a much different experience. I have never felt so uh, uh, repulsed. Like, I, I could not find this movie sexual at all because I was too upset <laughs> no. by this whole movie. And then I was like, oh, they're in high school. This is like a high school yeah. movie. This is in high school, and it essentially is a bet revolved around anal, and that is bonkers <laughs> to me. But also, it involves two clear, clear sociopaths. Yeah. 100%. And and then it tries to, like, give one the villain edit and the other the hero edit, yeah. and I'm like, they're still equally as guilty. No, absolutely yeah. not. No, they're terrible. I do love that, like, the like thrust of this movie is that Ryan Philippi's uh, sociopath Sociopathy or whatever so you call it. Sociopathy up? is cured by by Reese. laughter, by fucking Reese Witherspoon <laughs> making him laugh. Silly, vo- silly faces. Oh, I mean, she does have great silly faces. She but does. But at the same time, not not only did that upset me, and, and that it's supposed to be this kind of like edgy, cool, whatever, they ruin the lives of two women. Yeah. And, and the movie tries to downplay it. And and here's the thing, I'm not. This is not me saying their lives can never be happy or whatever again. That's not what I'm saying at all. They manipulated and gaslit two teenage girls into having their first sexual experiences in a way that they would not have chosen otherwise had they not been manipulated. And it's awful for both of them. I feel for both of those women because as much as I don't think people should tell you what to do with your body or how to have that experience, I super will fight for people to have the right to choose when that experience happens. And so if she wanted to choose to wait, that's her fucking choice. And the fact that they manipulate the shit out of her to make her choose differently and then try to play it off 
as if it's okay because he quote unquote loves her, even though I do not think he is capable of love and I do not think he loves her in this movie. I was fucking furious. Yeah, I hated no, this movie. Paige, you're, I hated this you're movie. You're absolutely right to hate this movie, Paige. You absolutely should. I, I have three things. One, before the internet, this was a really valuable movie. But oh my God. I don't see why. <laughs> oh, because of porn. Yeah. Porn, yeah. sure, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't find this movie remotely arousing. I just no. was upset. On a rewatch, I will say this is the second movie we've done that I don't think is a romantic movie at all. Uh, behind uh, Angus? Angus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and three, this is the weirdest rewatch I have done for this podcast of all time because as an adult, I was like, this movie is objectively terrible yeah. in every way, shape, or form. And it was a, it was such a different experience. And I remember high school and middle school when this came out. Yeah. And girls were like, he changed for her. And they have like two scenes together in this whole film. Yeah. And no, he did not change for her. He has not felt an emotion in his life ever. He is dead behind the eyes. <laughs> I know. For most of this movie, and it is haunting. He seems, I feel like I've seen a number of Law & Order SVU episodes with this character in it, and he ends up murdering her. But like... <laughs> yeah, if he didn't get hit by that car, at the end he was gonna kill her Absolutely. it may have taken a year may have taken six months may have taken five years but he was going to kill her future ted bundy and <laughs> i at the time had a huge crush on hayden christensen who looked a lot like ryan Phillippe during this era so i found ryan Phillippe at the time very attractive haunting in this film well yeah and then also the fact that this takes place for high school like this is a high school movie Right. And as an adult watching this, you're just like, oh, I hate I hate all of this. Like, this is yeah. not good. They're all going into their senior year. Like, they right. are 16, 17. Yeah, in this yeah. Movie. It's like. Yeah. Oh, and Paige, you said that he manipulated two women. It was actually three because Tara Reid at the very beginning. Yes, yes. I forgot about Tara Reid. I mean, she's only in it for like two seconds. But yeah, like he did the same thing and put what would be equivalently revenge porn online. Like, that shit yes. is illegal now. And then flaunted it to her mother yes he is a fucking psychopath <laughs> he is a future murderer yeah then we find out that he did it because she was his because her mom was overcharging him and i'm like he just ruins a girl's life and and i ruin is the wrong word and i hate using that word in this kind of context because i think in the past people have described women who have chosen to have a sexual experience outside of marriage as ruined and i feel like that's not fair and it's not kind no, that's that's honestly dumb it is dumb, but I feel like he has manipulated her into making choices that she would not normally make and then flaunted it in a way that changes her life irreparably with no care or concern for her. He treats women as if they are not people, but just things to be played with. And then this movie tries to make us like him and make him the hero at the end of the movie. It fails so miserably. It's fucking disgusting. This yeah. movie is disgusting. It is. I hate this so much. I have some pre-written jokes. Oh, good. <laughs> We're going to fucking need them, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, I, I do think that the hero of this movie is actually Ronald. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. But then Ronald is also sleeping with his sister. Like, I, Ronald's not really a hero either. I love Ronald. I, I think through most of the movie, I'm on board. Where are Sebastian's parents? They're just fucking absent. Yeah. I, well, I think they get explained away. Like, they're on vacation somewhere for the whole fucking summer? Right. This is why their kids are <laughs> sociopaths. 
Ugh. Probably also why their first marriages didn't work out and they had to marry each other. And then that's how Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Gellar got together. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it because it's so awful. It is terrible. Like, I am excited to break this down with you guys, but we essentially are watching two sociopaths like wreak havoc on Upper West Side, New York. I will say my favorite line of this movie is don't email her. Only pervs, only pedophiles and geeks. <laughs> yeah, it's only geeks and pedophiles geeks. email. Yeah, that aged like milk. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what didn't age is uh, Ryan Phillippe's character. Because <laughs> he died. Which I had forgotten about. I had seen this movie so long so long ago that I remember being like, eh, it was kind of sexy because I was like 15 maybe when it came out. And then like, I remember, I didn't like the movie, but I was like, oh, I mean, there's like some two girls kissing or whatever. And then like, I had not seen it for like 20 years and now I watch it and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I bet Paige is cussing at the screen right now. Yeah, oh like, my I, God, yes. I honestly, this is the first time I've ever made you guys watch a movie and I felt bad about it during <laughs> the watch. This is, your, this is your movie. This was your pick. I, I, it's only sexy for 15 year olds in 1998. Yes. Looking back, I'm like, this isn't sexy. Yeah, no, I mean, if you were in high school and you had frosted tips and you had a in sync CD in your car, this wow. movie would be your jam. Wow, that's a personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you openly admitted to masturbating to this movie yeah. at the very beginning of this episode, so yeah. Many people from my generation. <laughs> this movie won Best Kiss at the VMAs. I know, and it's kiss? not even that great of a kiss. Like Sarah I'm, Michelle Gellar and, and uh, Selma, yeah, and Selma, Selma Blair. Blair. Really? Yes, it did. That yeah. was a weak ass kiss. This movie was huge. That was the huge thing. This movie was infamous at the time. And that's why I wasn't allowed to watch it. That's why I've never seen it until now as an adult. Well, your parents did you a favor, Paige. Yeah, they fucking did. <laughs> this movie reminded me of the real movie that got me through puberty. Wild Things. Yeah, wild I was going to say Wild Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mikey, I thought about doing that one, but I was like, no, that one's probably too raunchy for Paige to enjoy. And I I had completely forgot about this movie. Oh. Todd, I'm, so I'm sorry. You think something could be too raunchy for me to enjoy? Have you not heard any of the last five or six episodes of anything we've recorded <laughs> the episodes that I, I created to... the spit list <laughs> those are the episodes i affectionately refer to as the outlander series because it really is like five or six episodes split up over romance in the pod and and horror, horror virgin, virgin. Yeah. as i was working my way through the series oh yeah. and by working your way she doesn't mean watching it you know what i'm saying by the way i was 12 when this came out. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like if I had seen this as a teenager, I think it would have still bothered me. I don't think I would have liked it. I might have thought Ryan Phillippe was cute, except that he's dead behind the eyes for most of this movie. And it's like impossible not to see. And so I don't know. But as an adult, I oof. Yeah. No, Paige, that is the right reaction to have. Like, you are right to feel that way. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, and just to like, like I had a weird week. I've had a weird week overall. And like, this is not a movie to watch during a weird week. Like, no. I don't think it's a movie to watch at any point. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had not seen this movie, to be honest with you. They're just so young. If you're not in high school, this movie is just like worse to the nth degree. Because I'm like, oh, girl, you're like 15. Like, don't let this guy do this. Like, don't let anybody do this. Where are your parents? Where's anybody's parents? What is wrong with all you kids? Yeah. It is doubly awful because it is high school students and all of these people are underage and impressionable and all kinds of stuff. But even if it was adults, I would be very upset with the level of manipulation yeah. and gaslighting that goes on in this film yeah. by our two sociopathic leads. Yeah, by the two <laughs> like, heroes, quote unquote, of this movie. 
or protagonists. Oh, protagonists, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm glad we all hated this movie. Do you guys want to get into it and explain why we hated it scene by scene? I mean, sure. <laughs> Paige is not feeling it tonight. Honest, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to say about this movie other than that I am appalled. <laughs> Honestly, Paige, just let the hate flow. Let roast battle Paige <laughs> out on this movie. Oh. <laughs> It's not roast battle page so much as it is like the small vestiges of maternal instincts that I have that I'm just like, these poor girls, these poor babies. <laughs> you poor, sweet, sweet, victimized babies. But Paige, read his journal and you'll understand that he was the hero. No, because this, his journal is just like a detailed account of his crimes. And the fact that she tries to reconnect with him after that journal instead of burning it and going, holy shit, I dodged a bullet, yeah. is so appalling. Holy shit, I need an STD test. Girl, yeah, girl, get fucking tested. I need to talk about his journal real quick. So many pictures. It might as well be a scrapbook. It's very artistic. It is basically the burn book. Yeah, it is the burn think. book for Mean Girls, yes. It's not very traditionally masculine as a journal. I mean, it does seem like more of a burn book slash diary slash. That would include detailed incestuous relationships with his sister. Hang on, hang on. Stepsister. I don't give a shit. Let me just porn hub on this conversation (laughs) and say stepsister. No, no, no. They are underage living in the same house. They've lived together as children. And the fact that she reads this and is like, oh but he's got a good heart i'm like no he's probably been at least fingers deep if not balls deep in his sister and we need to run the other direction but stepsister page i don't give a shit (laughs) no but i'll agree it's terrible page it's terrible yes i thought it was creepy when it was lularoe and i think it's creepy now (laughs) i'm gonna tell you right now the only thing this movie is is like a PG-rated version of a porn search, Pornhub search history come to life. I mean, yeah, kind of, because it's step-siblings and then, you know... Except mm-hmm. high school, un- Underage. Ryan Phillippe's character, if he didn't die at the end, would have been arrested because of the shit that's in that book. He's a juvenile. I mean, you still get arrested. He may be tried as a child, but... I mean, I doubt it. Motherfucker's 17, and he's committing sex crimes. Well, no, I mean, here's the thing. Only if there's a complaining witness, so... Cecile would have to have to file. Oh, you mean like when she was complaining to his stepsister about what had happened that night? Yeah, but his stepsister's not going to court to tell people. Like Cecile would have to tell people, but for everything else, as as long as it was air quotes consensual, they're covered under Romeo and Juliet laws. Yeah, 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 you're right. Time he actually, and there weren't revenge porn laws at the time. I mean, there are today, but at the time there were not. Yeah, there was barely email at the time. Yeah, it was really only used by pedophiles and geeks. (laughs) By by (laughs) pedophiles and geeks. The only thing that he could potentially be liable for would be Cecile, but she would have to file. And I don't think she will. I don't think she really truly comprehends what happened to her. Me either. And that's what made me so sad. I honestly feel like uh, Selma Blair's character in, I don't know, 15 years is going to be in therapy and have an, have an epiphany about why she can't be vulnerable with a guy. And this Absolutely. is going to be the reason. Yes. But let's just get into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. So the credits open on what we will eventually see is Ryan Phillippe driving his car and then cuts of his eyes in the skyline of New York. It's very abstract. It goes on way too long. It's like panning over a graveyard, like a huge graveyard. I watched this with Natalie and she was like, oh, yeah, that graveyard exists and it's huge. Oh, Mm. because she went to acting school in New York. She was like, I drove by that graveyard or took the train by that graveyard every day, she said. So we cut to a therapist's office where Ryan Phillippe 
his character, Sebastian, is talking to a therapist and it appears as if he is in therapy for sex addiction is what it kind of seems like from their conversation. Yeah, I mean, like normal 17 year old boy shit. Right. <laughs> and she gives him her book, which is a book on parenting, which I was like, why is he? Why? What would he read this? This is nuts. I think it was a book about how your parents mess you up as a child. I don't know. I mean, I guess the I whole thing just serves to show that she like overcharges her clients because right. she like does write down on the notepad charge for book huge ass money sign which he can clearly see her writing like what are you <laughs> yeah. doing well and she and mikey i, I don't know if this is something that is like uh -huh. a, an ethics norm or not a lot of the therapists i've worked with and talked to do not have any personal effects around their office because they do not want clients to have access to their personal lives. So I was very surprised that she had a picture of her daughter on her desk, which she uh, does. Yeah, You have to be very careful about what you're displaying and telling in a therapy yeah. session as the therapist. And I could see a family picture or whatever, but like... It's risky, especially with, you know, a serial killer sociopath. <laughs> yeah. I do want to address something here in this scene because he goes on to, you know, it's revealed that he had sex with a therapist's daughter, right? And like targeted her. Before he does that. He hits on the therapist. He hits on the therapist. She reveals that she's going away for a month. And he talks about how he'd like to photograph her legs. And he's very specific in the way that he says it. Yes. And it's because he's baiting her. Because what we don't know yet is that he has said the same thing to her daughter. And oh, yeah. And we will find that out momentarily. This is like his go-to line. Like he is a master baiter. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so. I love you, Mikey. Her daughter calls. He leaves the office. She takes her daughter off off hold and her daughter essentially is crying and reveals that she and whoever she was dating at the time broke up and as a result he put revenge porn of her online as and like superimposed it over the the front page of her mom's book yeah so like it specifically looks like her mom's parenting book and then it's naked pictures of her revenge child porn well, child sex abuse materials because she is a child. The fact that, I mean, there were not laws for this at the time. But it is child sex abuse materials. Like, I, I realize that he's underage, but like, so is she. Like, that is, you can't post that shit online. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if he could have been charged at the time, just with the way that our laws have advanced. I mean, I think, I don't know if he would be, well, no, I mean, he definitely would have been charged because yeah. like, that at that time was illegal to possess that material because she's well presumably 17 i guess we don't we don't really know how old she was and he met her through his therapist so she might be 18 he didn't because the therapist doesn't know that they knew each other well but he targeted her because of that she doesn't go to his school that we know of so she could right. be over 18 i guess she could be he is definitely under 18 yeah either way this is terrible either way it's terrible. yeah like yeah when this happened i was like oh he's a murderer <laughs> like, yeah. i was like this is these are precursors to much scarier crimes oh yeah like he has a trunk full of dead animals yes. that jaguar smells terrible yeah because he murders all that uh p-word <laughs> oh. i do want to address something here because i have told the story on the, po the podcast i think it was the horror virgin though about how i threatened to date my algebra 2 teacher's daughter and so he passed me i want to say that i never even reached out to her <laughs> i mean i did reach out to her but like we never went on a date 
I don't know, based on your high school definition of the word date, <laughs> if that's true or not. I just joined a study group, but there were like four of us there. It's clearly a date. Either way, he passed me so I wouldn't date his daughter. But like, we never met up. Like, I didn't take pictures of her. Like, none of that shit. Also, Ugh. like, these high schoolers have more sex than I have as an adult. Which makes me feel really weird. Um, and like back then, high school at Brian Phillippe's age, I was just like, oh, I've got to go work at the movie theater. And then, like, oh, girl, I can't talk to her. He's very confident for a 15 uh, year old sociopath. I mean, he's definitely got some narcissism going on, too. So, like, that plays into it. Like, who would buy this bullshit? Like, the movie's not even well written in a way where you could be like, oh, she's going to fall for it. He's like, how about yes instead of no? And they're like, <laughs> okay. That's like a whole different conversation. But, like, I definitely could see someone who's not as confident of either gender falling victim to this sort of thing. Well, and, and I think what we see later in this movie is he's very good at twisting someone's words or intent to make it seem bad and to make them see like seem like the aggressor and him seem like the victim and it puts people in a position where they don't want to be the aggressor and so they make different choices and it is manipulative yeah like he is manipulating people specifically he does it with uh with cecile he does it with annette very much with annette it made me very upset and the movie doesn't seem to see a problem with it and that's what i really don't like oh you mean you don't you have a problem with the movie making ryan Philippi the hero of of the movie yes. at the end? Yeah. yeah, same, Paige. I mean, I'll tell you uh, who didn't take his manipulative shit, though. It was that taxi cab. It wasn't going <laughs> to Honestly, the hero of this movie is the taxi cab. Is the taxi uh, cab. Yeah. Anyway, so he leaves the office. Uh, the therapist realizes what's happening. He's walking out through the front lobby and she sees through the window and kind of calls after him. He throws her book away. He meets someone else in the lobby and is like, I want to take you to lunch and just like immediately has that girl in the palm of his hand. Yeah. So uh, we cut to him parking his car illegally and just waving away the doorman. <laughs> the privilege in this movie is like, in a way, far worse than any movie we've ever watched before. Yeah. I think so, too. I'll say this, too. Like, I, at the very beginning of this movie, because I had honestly completely forgotten where it goes, I was like, man, they do a really good job of setting up the villain of this movie. Because he is <laughs> terrible. And at the very yeah. beginning, like, he's coded as terrible. He's doing terrible shit. And he's treating, like, the help, quote unquote, like shit or whatever. And then I didn't remember that he is the hero of this movie. And that is bonkers to me. So we cut upstairs in that same building where Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair are talking to Selma Blair's mom. Yeah. About Selma Blair attending the same school that Sarah Michelle Gellar and, or I guess Sarah Michelle Gellar's name is Catherine. Catherine and Sebastian. We can use their names. Everyone knows who they are. This She's got three names. It's too much. Anyway. Just call her SMG, baby. SMG. I have her as SMG in my notes a lot of the time. So SMG <laughs> is talking to Selma Blair's mom. She's like, don't worry, it'll be great. I'll show her the ropes. Because uh, we find out that Selma Blair has only ever been to a girl's school. And she is very, very sheltered. And she does seem to have some kind of naive attributes. Oh, yeah. Where she seems kind of childish compared to everyone else. Is yeah. she naive or is she the appropriate level of maybe a 16-year-old? She's supposed to be about 17. I, I mean, here's the thing. I would say I don't have a problem with her acting that way at 17. I mean, she does have dolls and dollhouses, which is a little out of the norm. But she is a teenager. And I think it's appropriate for her to act the way she's acting. It's not outside of the realm of 
norm. No, and everyone matures at a different rate. Yeah, I think it's really fucking weird for Sarah Michelle Gellar to be like doing coke and banging her brother. Like, that, yeah, that's Ste- weird to me. Selma Blair's not, I don't care. Selma Blair's <laughs> not the weird one. Selma Blair is a victim. No. There are plenty of girls who are like, I was a late bloomer. Like, I had no confidence or sexuality until I was like 30. Everyone on this podcast was a late bloomer. And I think we've talked <laughs> yeah, exactly. about that a couple of times. We've talked about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I was like really cool in high school. I was a uh, band president and drumline captain. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. I played sports and everything, but like in my free time, I was like, I got the new Command and Conquer game for my PC. I'm going to go play it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Red Alert 2? Tim Curry's in this. <laughs> As class president and director of the school play and head of the Spirit Week committee. God damn, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I would just like to say nerds. <laughs> but still, I, I was not having sex in high school at all. Oh, like, no. Is- I was voted 17th funniest person in my class. 17th? <laughs> Why'd they rank them? I don't know, but it was on like the video announcements and it was like funniest person and it ranked it from like 30 up. And I was like, I mean, I guess placing is still good, I guess. You know? <laughs> it's an honor just to be nominated. Honestly, middle of the pack's not bad, Mikey. <laughs> you know what sucks though? Those 16 other people have much more successful podcasts now. Uh, <laughs> probably not. I was voted <laughs> me and another guy because they did guy and girl for each uh, were voted most likely to become famous. And he, I think last I checked as a bartender. So like, so he's making his dream know. happen, you know? So you sabotaged his career throughout his life. <laughs> I hear you. I had to kill 16 people. 16 people? <laughs> but I mean, that just tells you how small my school was. I will just tell you, that's probably one of the days I laughed the hardest just because of how absurd it was to be voted like seven. <laughs> it was like either 12th or 17th. It was definitely a large number. And I was like, that's so dumb. I love it. I, I was like a front runner from the jump for that one. And then another girl tried to be like, it should be me. And they were like, what have you ever done? <laughs> like, I watched someone say it to her in class. They're like, Paige's been to like every play since Jump Street and then directed one and then is working on like video wow. editing. I would love to see Jump Street the play. Oh, oh yeah. Mikey. Same, but it, it still has to have Channing Tatum in it. Mikey, I have a connection with Pull Tight Theater here in town. I know, like, the president of their board. I bet they would let you and I put on Jump Street the Music. Jump Street the Music. <laughs> Wait, can we do Jump Street, Jump Street 2 and I'll do Jillian's part? Yes. Where I just get to call you old for the whole time? I thought we were. I mean, yes, Paige, you should be that character either way. But I thought we were doing, like, a brand new production like it would be a brand new movie with new songs i say we do a horror a horror musical nightmare on jump street no 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 no. oh i love that sleep away camp (laughs) the opera (laughs) speaking of pedophiles i don't want to be anywhere close to that movie no real talk why wouldn't they just have this movie take place in college i don't know i don't think it's any better does that make sense? Like, it does not make it better I for think me. I it's slightly better. It's still terrible. No, it still does not make it better for me. Okay, that's fair. And listen, it would still be terrible, but I do think it removes the everyone here is, like, underage element of yes. it. Yes. Because they are very much sexualizing these kids who are underage. And I realize the actors aren't. Yeah. But, like, they're at most 17 in this movie, and they're all being, like, overtly sexualized. And that is what made me the most uncomfortable this rewatch. Because I remember watching mm. it, it's like a teenage like a young teenager like oh man smg is super hot summer blair's super hot and now i was looking back like everyone here is super young 
I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch this. 100%. Yeah. It was such a big change. I was like, oh, they're, they're, okay, okay. I'm ashamed of my teenage self. Yes, I was ashamed of my teenage self. I love having those thoughts besides laying in bed before I go to sleep at night. <laughs> well, normally I'm just ashamed of my adult self. So it was, it was a nice <laughs> yeah. change of pace, I guess. But still, I didn't need that shame in my life. Anyway, <laughs> next scene, I guess. So they're talking to her mom and kind of assuring her, like, don't worry, she'll be safe at school, even though there's boys there. Don't worry about it. And her mom is like, as long as they're not boys like your brother, because he did something to the school nurse that we don't know about. It's never fully discussed, but she's, quote unquote, recovering so, like, did he attack the school nurse? Like, what is happening? Like, I don't know. It's never really discussed, but it is always concerning because the school nurse presumably is not a child like he is. And no. so did he seduce the school nurse? Is that something that should happen? Should the school nurse be fired? Also, did he just, like, uh, try to murder the school nurse? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, but yeah, that would not surprise you, though, right? Like, if at the middle of this movie, it's revealed that he, like, tried to run her over in his car. You'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense for this guy. It, it does. The way it's talked about in this scene made me think that he had sexually assaulted the school nurse. But That's they were what some, I thought. Yeah, for same. some reason, letting him stay in school, which is bonkers to me. Anyway, uh, as soon as Sebastian arrives, Selma Blair and her mom quickly exit. They're just like, bye. Yeah. And her mom, I mean, we find out later that her mom is racist as fuck. Oh, uh, yeah. But this is the first taste we get of it where she says, keep your legs together. This isn't Jamaica. I know. On the way out. horrifying. Which, but what does that even mean? I mean, it is horrifying. Yeah, what but does like, that mean? I don't, I don't even understand that remark at all. What like, kind of family resort are they going to in Jamaica? I, that was kind of the implication I got is that they had been there on vacation and she's implying that it's this like relaxed vacation vibe and that's not what this should be now but it the way she says it it definitely seems to have a racial undertone to it which yeah. i really don't like well there um, is that like uh hedonistic um hedonism too yeah i like how todd pretends he doesn't know what it is he's like oh there's like that one place no that that is the name of it is hedonism too is the place you could just call it a an adult only clothing optional resort which is what it technically is that's what i call my house, house. yeah <laughs> anyway, so as soon as they're gone, Sarah Michelle quickly retrieves what we have thought to be a crucifix, like thought to be a rosary this whole time. Now, you're not supposed to wear rosaries yeah. anyway, but so she has one and opens it and reveals that it's like a cocaine receptacle with a tiny spoon. Yeah, which honestly, kind of cool. But I mean, she's a teenager, so like, cool as cool, shit. I mean, yeah. like, if it, w if it was full of Parmesan cheese, I'm like, here for it. Oh my God, Paige. Oh, shit burns going down when you snort it. <laughs> <laughs> that thing would not hold enough Parmesan cheese for a single meal, though. Like, that's not big enough. It would not. No, no, no. It's just for, for nippy sweeties down the street when I'm bored. <laughs> Yeah. I will say the soundtrack kind of slaps in this movie. It's a decent soundtrack in this movie. Yeah, it's well, it's it's all of the songs from the late 90s that we all remember and love. I have some soundtrack fun facts for you, actually. Oh, nice. Anyway, so as they're talking and she's snorting cocaine. You know, like high schoolers do. <laughs> private school. Uh, I mean, I went to private school. Yeah, and you were doing tons of coke. We get it, Paige. I was not. <laughs> was not. I'm sure people were smoking weed because I think people got kicked out of school for that. But like coke, no. But also, we weren't a super fancy private school. So. Oh yeah, I think super fancy private school. I think coke is more common. I've heard that based on girls I've dated who went to super fancy private. <laughs> well, I think it depends on how rich your parents are and like if they have coke laying around. Okay. So they talk about what happened with his therapist. 
and what happened to her daughter. And then Sarah Michelle Geller reveals that part of the reason she was meeting with Cecile, Selma Blair's character and her mom, is because her boyfriend, Court Reynolds, who we find out was a Nazi who dumped her over 4th of July, which I assume means he's like a white supremacist because they don't define that any other way. Played by Jerry, what's his face? Jerry O'Connell? Sliders. Yeah, yeah, from Sliders. Sliders. I love tiny burgers. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to see Sliders, Paige. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I mean, but how much Scottish Highland boning is there in it? Because that's going to determine how much I'll enjoy it right now. There's some. It's like in the second season. I'm not going to tell you the specific time. It is. <laughs> nice try. Anyway, so we find out that he dumped her and has his eyes on Cecile, which to me is very upsetting in and of itself because they establish that he specifically wants her because she's kind of innocent. Yeah. And she doesn't know what that relationship would entail. Like she has never been out with a boy before. And it is like that, that is like extreme level basically like because Sarah Michelle Geller reveals that they had a pretty intense sexual relationship. Oh yeah. Like so we see, well, I guess we don't see it, but like she was going down on him in the car when he like fell asleep. Like in that one yeah. scene we get of them, like that is what mm -hmm. is happening. Yeah. It's terrible. It is terrible. And here's the thing. I do not like Sarah Michelle Geller's character. I, she is not good within the story. Uh, she hurts a lot of people, but I also am not here for a society and a world where women's worth is defined by their sexual history. I think that is bullshit. I think she's right to be upset about that. Yeah, she does bring that up, and she's right to bring that up. Yeah. But the way she goes about it, well, a broken person is right twice a day. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, as right as she is about that, I don't think she should then take the actions that she does. Right. I think she seriously is still a serial killer, just like Ryan Philippi. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, you mean the serial killer who was the hero of this movie, Mikey? Ugh. Anyway, so she wants Ryan Phillippe to seduce Selma Blair so that she's no longer this cute, innocent thing for her ex-boyfriend to fawn over. Right. Which is super messed up because the reality is like if that was a breaking point for their relationship even when he was in a sexual relationship with her then he is not worth chasing after or fighting to get back he is bad news and she should move on and we shouldn't wreck other people's lives because of it but that's not what this movie does it honestly seems like she doesn't really want him back she's like taking revenge she just wants revenge but only because court wants to date selma blair selma blair doesn't want to date court selma blair wants to date ronald we find out later like, yeah selma has has no desire for court it seems right yeah i i agree i don't think she would know what to do with court i don't think she understands what that rate relationship would even entail so I, yeah i don't think she likes court and i do think she likes her music teacher but doesn't understand how that would work either yeah i mean you're right he says that he does not want to seduce her but instead he is planning on seducing someone that he has found in the pages of 17 magazine which we will find out is reese witherspoon's character annette and the reason he doesn't want to seduce Selma Blair is because he deems her not enough of a challenge. Yeah. And that is ultimately why he wants to go after Annette or Reese Witherspoon's character. Because right. she has pledged to stay a virgin until married, right? 
in right. like a national publication. Right. Here's I got two things to say about the scene. One, a real challenge is a healthy, committed relationship because that's True. the hardest for me to find. <laughs> and then two, her manifesto isn't even that extreme. She's not even saying I'm waiting till marriage or anything like that. She's saying she's waiting till she falls in love, which is not even a ridiculous concept. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. Again, I don't think we should tell other people what to do with their bodies. And I respect people's choice. And if you want to wait till you're married, good for you. Do what you want to do. It's your body. Yeah, absolutely. I think you should have as much control over your first sexual experience as possible. I really support that. I was very grateful that I had complete control over mine. I would wish that for as many people as possible. But also that shouldn't be one defining thing about you because you are so much more than that. 100%. And this movie completely ignores that. People are only worth their sexual currency in this movie. And I hate that. I just mean her manifesto isn't even like the most extreme. Yeah, she's... Not to say that those are even wrong. It's not even... It's like a middle of the road kind of thing for a high schooler. And like... Yeah. I'm like, what is this? It's not like she's like, I will definitely not have sex until I get married. It's like... I'm waiting until I meet the right guy. Yeah. And they like they treat her like she's like this religious fanatic where she's like pretty much saying I'll have premarital sex. She seems pretty normal yeah, for exactly. most of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I also am a, a person that's like, hey, high school sex isn't great sex necessarily. <laughs> so like wait it out. Why not? Be a teen. Figure yourself out. Get to a point where you understand what would be healthy and beneficial for you and have the best experience possible, whatever that means for you. So you're talking about Outlander. I mean, that'd be great. That's not what I was talking about. Just walk up on that hill and touch those stones, baby. You'll figure it out. <laughs> I wasn't even talking about living the show. I was talking about watching Outlander. <laughs> I, I mean... No, I was talking about people having the best possible sexual experience that they can have. I'm just saying it sounds like watching Outlander may be the best possible sexual experience I can have. You can have. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of titties in it. <laughs> Do you say it gets better with the more titties? Mm. It's like correlation, but not causation. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't I don't need this scientific breakdown of Outlander, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I feel like we need to save this for our bonus episode and I can break down like. Yes. I guess what happens. Okay, I'm sorry. Table this discussion. Table it. I know they didn't have tables back then in 1525. They did have tables. God damn. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> fuck on a table at one point. Anyway, so so she has a boyfriend named Trevor. She's been going out for a year, and she's also the headmaster's daughter. Yes. Which isn't really a plot point. It kind of is, because that's part of why he targeted her. It makes her even more of a conquest, Mikey. Like it, Yeah. I do think the manifesto, quote unquote, if we're going to call that a manifesto, is the ultimate driver and why he wants to, quote unquote, have her. I don't know. It's terrible. Yeah. This is why people should get summer jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just fuck all of those people. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever worked in retail, but that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, or in a restaurant. Yeah. Or in a restaurant. Yeah. So I, I think it's because he is like resident bad boy at the school and he's maintaining that reputation. Yes. Well, he's doing it for his reputation. Yeah. Yeah. He literally is. This is the most contrarian bullshit ever. He's trying to really destroy everything that she has said that she stands for just because yeah just to do it just to say that he did just for the lulls it's very like you like this well i'm gonna shit on it like yeah. that that yep. is what it is and yep. and she is a person with feelings and those experiences are important to her and he does not care and i hate it so much 
But Paige, he falls in love with her at the end of this no, movie. No, he fucking doesn't. This is a fucking... <laughs> she changes it, Paige. No, she he doesn't. He was at the end of that escalator. No, I, I don't care. He was at the end of that escalator because he wanted to win the bet. Like, I realize the movie makes it <laughs> seem like it's something else, but towards the end of this movie, when he is, like, telling her, I didn't love you, it's not going to work out, I was like, I feel like the movie is showing us, or trying to show us that he doesn't feel the things he's saying, but he, he definitely doesn't love her. He definitely did this for a bet. He doesn't understand what love is. He does not understand what love is. I mean, but Paige, did you not see the faces she made at him in the car? He is cured of his sociopathy. Uh, I think you both are forgetting the fact that she gets him back by stealing his car after he's dead. I mean, I did like that she yes. ended up in the car. I don't know how that could feasibly she happen. She stole it. She completely <laughs> I stole know, I his car. rich as shit and she just bought it from the estate. Yeah, or or he left it to her or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because I'm sure this 17-year-old douche set up a will. Had a will. <laughs> he was firmly in the, I'm gonna live forever camp yeah anyway he goes to write in his journal and smg comes in and is like by the way i was wearing a corset under this blazer and i'm just like you're a teenager where'd you even get that <laughs> here's the thing i understand that teenagers might have corsets if you're super into ren fair or something but like this is like a like for lack of a better description a business corset it's an underbust black corset that matches her pantsuit yep which also this movie has a 17 year old wearing what i can only describe as like a bdsm pantsuit and no one thinks it's weird they're just like she's a professional <laughs> that was what you wore in 1999 i was alive in 1999 and it most certainly was not i guess you didn't need to be business professional okay i was 12 you never did an internship where you needed to wear your bdsm pantsuit i just realized that the b and bdsm stands for business business yeah. suit <laughs> mushed into corset and it, i don't know what the d would be dick <laughs> anyway so she basically makes a bet with him yes. and she's like if you can sleep with or if you don't sleep with Annette I get your car if you do then I will sleep with you which is troubling to begin with because at this point I'm just like oh this is dark this movie is very dark yes it is very dark even though they are step siblings Paige I don't care it's still <laughs> upsetting what if their family just got married last year it's still pretty upsetting because they're underage and living in the same house as children Paige what if look I didn't like it in Clueless either <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad we brought up Clueless because I also don't like it in Clueless it, it has always bothered me in Clueless even though it's Paul Rudd, who hasn't aged a day since that film. But we also find out that his car is a 1956 Jaguar Roadster. Yes, convertible. Convertible. Do you want to know how much it costs? Yes, I yes. do, Paige. So on the low end, it's 130K. The model that he has, like the specific model that looks exactly oh like God. his, is $225,000. We absolutely need to tax the rich more. Like if you are buying your kid's first car and spending 250k on it like that yeah. is a mistake because you're gonna ruin that car you may not wreck that car but like you're not gonna take very good care of it like it's your first car you're gonna be and yeah. you can see him when he drives up on the curb at the very beginning of this movie yeah. when he parks in front of he that. doesn't give a shit yeah i was so mad i was like that's a beautiful car stop being an asshat yeah absolutely and he at first doesn't take the bet. And then she says, you can put it anywhere. And he's like, all right, you've got a bet. Which, again, super upsetting. Yeah. Well, yeah. It makes me upsetting because in 1999, butt stuff was like a huge deal. Now that wouldn't even be the icing on the cake. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've come a long <laughs> way as a society. <laughs> 
He'd be like, oh, yeah, I got butt last night. I don't need it anymore. Yeah, like, like butt about? is like butt is butt, right? You know what I mean? Like everybody does it now. Like back then it was like, I'll bet my car on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 250K for the butt, Mikey. <laughs> That's yeah. overpriced butt. I'll be honest that with you. That is overpriced butt. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. We've just come a long way. High schoolers today don't even bet cars. They just butt it up. I mean, I'm here to tell you that high schoolers have been doing butt longer than you think because sometimes religious high schoolers consider that not losing your virginity, which I think is. Okay, so I have a story about this. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, no! Tell me the story right now, immediately. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, I need to know. Freshman year of college. Was that, Hang on. Was that your time travel sound? Yeah, <laughs> we're flashing back. He w- he went through the stones to freshman year <laughs> college. I touched, I touched the stones, which I assume are boob shaped. I've not watched the show. They, they, they are not. Can you please just watch a couple episodes before we talk about it for bonus episode on Sunday? I, I will watch one episode of Outlander for every episode of Sliders that you watch. Oh, I okay, love deal. This deal. I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> okay. Outlander. So my roommate. <laughs> Wait, why are we using names? Just okay, your roommate. Okay, my roommate. You know who you are. <laughs> we go on a camping trip. He dated this girl for a while. She was, I hated her. She was the worst. I won't use her name. I did not like her. She did not like Michelle. me. Michelle. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they finally broke up. We all go camping as like a guy's trip. We went camping every fall break as a guy's trip. We're like pretty basic white guys, shit face, drunk camping as like a sophomore, freshman year of college kind of thing. Is this the same camping event where that girl from like a foreign country kissed you? From Ireland, I believe. Yes. Ireland or Scotland. It was the same trip, but a different year. Okay. Wait, where, okay, where was she from though? She was from Ireland and she is the one that got away. Well, you're going to have to chase her back through time. And <laughs> you got to go through the stones. You need a gemstone. And also you need to hear the buzzing because the stones don't call to everyone. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Also, in Ireland, it's the Blarney Stone you have to touch. I did have a huge buzz during this story. So he's like, (laughs) he's like, so and so didn't want to have sex because of, you know, she was like saving herself for marriage, but she like, she like put it in her butt. And like, and like, like halfway. He like whispered it. He like did one of those like side conversations, and like people like slowly hurt. It was like six of us. He was talking to one guy, and then like by the end of the sentence, we we're all like, "What'd you say?" <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, what? <laughs> it's kind of like uh, there have been a lot of posts in cult podcasts Facebook group about recently soaking? about jump pumping, soaking, yeah, yeah, and, soaking jump pumping. and jump pumping. Yeah, that's a Mormon thing. Yeah. Yeah, although that wasn't a Mormon thing when I was a Mormon, but it is now, apparently. Well, it sounds like you missed the good times. <laughs> I guess no, I it did. It sounds yeah. terrible. It sounds like a quick way to break a dick, honestly. Guess I'm living on Broke Dick Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, are you going to go jump hump for Todd? I mean, I love trampolines. <laughs> we could go to Chris's trampoline. <laughs> yes! Eat it, Chris! Eat it! That is a joke from a long time ago, an episode I cannot remember. But Mikey, does your story go anywhere or was that it? Well, I mean, it goes that place, but like it, it, it never like. <laughs> anyway, I just didn't think that existed until someone told me that story. I don't really know where the story's going, but I was like, oh, my friend did that. And so like, yeah, that's terrible. You shouldn't do that or, or do it. I don't care. I mean, do it, do it if you want to. And if you're at a, cons- a consenting adult in an enthusiastically consenting sexual encounter. Right. And then I want his car or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so jump pumping is when two people soak where one of them puts their penis inside the other one's genitals and they they think if they mm-hmm. move it then that's technically sex but just having it like soak in there and get pruny like a finger in a pool 
is not sex. And then you invite a friend over to jump on the bed because if you're not like actively moving it, I guess you're not sinning. It's nonsense. My question with that is, Paige, how do you get it inside the genitals without moving it in? I know, right? Yeah, you have to go in and then get erect inside and it does the movement for you. So you're like trying to pick a lock with a wet herring. Yeah, you're like pushing rope into somebody. Pushing rope? Once you push that rope up inside, then you get This sounds terrible. Can she spin or can he spin? No, there's no movement. It's like you get it in and then you're just like, okay, <laughs> it's there. And then somebody jumps on the bed. I mean, that's generally what I say when I... <laughs> Mikey, this is why you're single. Mikey is soaking ladies. <laughs> Mikey is soaking ladies. And if you would like to be one of them, one of them... Because he's soaking ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I walked into that one. Scream pies. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. So we cut to his aunt's house where Annette is staying and he shows up and basically immediately kind of commandeers her where he like sends the aunt inside for iced tea and pulls her along. Can we talk about the introduction of this scene? Because it starts with like the aunt and Reese with a spoon talking. It's the introduction of Reese with a spoon's actual mm -hmm. character. Right. And they sort of explain why she's there. Right. Like her right. parents are moving to that area. They don't have a house yet. And he's got to finish his job up in Kansas city. So they're not there yet, but she's there to like spend the summer, learn the city and start school. Right. Right. Fine. And then cuts to Ryan Phillippe, who has got a shotgun shooting Skeet in their yeah. yard. Yeah. Skeet, Skeet, motherfucker. Yeah. It's bonkers. And then he sees his aunt and he puts the shotgun down. It's like, ugh, auntie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it is the most overtly sociopathic thing I've ever seen. Yes. He doesn't have real human emotions. And then he, he. Throughout this movie, he smiles at people with just his mouth, not his eyes. Yeah, those smiles are so creepy. I've seen Ryan Phillippe actually smile. Like, he can actually smile. But if you watch him in this movie, he is smiling like there are heads, multiple heads, in his fridge. Yeah. So, like, is he acting? Yes. In the way sociopaths act, yes. Yes. Like, is he a good actor in this movie? Yes. I, I think, think he, he is. is. And okay. to be honest, I've seen him be good in a lot of other things. He's in one of my favorite SNL sketches ever. It's a great sketch. Uh, if you look it up, I think it's called the Thrilla Killa Clowns. <laughs> but so I really respect somebody who can commit and be funny. Yeah. And I've also seen him do well in serious roles. And in this movie, he's fucking terrifying. And so I think he understood the assignment. And just everyone else who saw the movie at the time did not. <laughs> Yeah, I think he understood the assignment, but the director didn't because the director was like, you're the hero. And he's like, you're the hero. I'm fully not like, look at my smile, dog. Like, I am the villain. Yeah. Anyway, so he this is kind of the meet cute M.E.A.T. because he's definitely going to put her head in his fridge. Meet cute <laughs> between him and Reese Witherspoon, where he's just like, yeah, I didn't like your article because sheeple and are you a lesbian? Oh, I didn't mean to offend you, but I definitely got that vibe. And she's just like, this is the moment where I was like, oh, if this was now, he would definitely have like a Joe Rogan experience bumper sticker on that Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a red pillar? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Reese Witherspoon's character through 90% of this movie does not put up with his bullshit, and I love it. And then they just, like, 180 her, and I hate it. Yeah, all it took was for him to lie about playing backgammon with an old lady, and then Reese yeah. is like, I think I'm in love with him. Ugh. No, he tells the truth. He's like, I actually hated that. And she's like, 
You're so cute. Oh my god, that's even like, worse. I'm getting to know the real you now. Oh my god, which is terrible. But just the fact that you're showing me the real you, I like. <laughs> In this scene, though, she basically counters back with like, "I don't care." Because you're terrible, and multiple people have told me you're terrible, and I know what your shit is, and you it doesn't work on me. Yeah, but it does. I mean, it, it fully does. Not till the very end, though, and that's kind of why I hated it. But here's the thing. The timeline of this movie doesn't make a lot of sense. It almost feels like it takes place in, like, two weeks. It, I think it does. I think it does, too. Yeah. I think it takes place over maybe a month maximum. Anyway, he finds out that she got a letter from someone detailing his exploits, if you want to think of it that way. And we don't know who it is at first. He's definitely going to go try and find out. We cut to cello practice with Selma Blair and her teacher, and it is very clear that her teacher is romantically interested in her uh, or at least sexually interested in her. He's definitely trying to touch her. He's like sniffing her neck and stuff. It's like a lot. I think he's romantic. He writes her all those letters. He does. He does. Which is why I think it's a little strange that he ends up sleeping with SMG. Also, I really needed someone to establish his age. He's in high school. Okay. I feel more comfortable about that then. But like, I was pretty worried at first. Yeah, me too. Until they said pre-Juilliard. And I was like, oh, okay. So they're probably the same age, give or yeah, take. Yeah, he's just like a prodigy on the cello, right? Right, exactly. And SMG clearly notices this and is like, oh, perfect. I can use this. So we cut to uh, Ryan Phillippe is at Joshua Jackson's house, uh, who is identified only as Blaine. We only get to see him in those two scenes and that's it. Yes. He says, well, there's that guy, Greg McConnell, the football star from high school that is also from Kansas City and he's back in town now. Maybe that's who it is and he's like well that guy hates me how would I get him to confess to it and this is where we find out that Greg McConnell is closeted yeah and that he and Blaine have been hooking up for a number of months. Yes, there's a lot of 90s gay slurs being thrown yes. in these scenes. Yeah. Quite a bit. Which is a pattern we've noticed in movies of this era. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that sort of language is pretty common when we were in middle school and high school. Like, yeah, that is something that has been phased out more or less. At least in polite society, if you could call it right. that. But, you know, that was very common at the time. Yeah. So this is also how we find out that he's already back in town. He's back in the dorms and he and Joshua Jackson have already hooked up again. And so Ryan Phillippe is like, well, can you set up another hookup? Then I will interrupt it and then we'll have basically blackmail to get him to do what we want. Right. We cut over to McConnell in the dorm talking to his other football dudes and he is also terrible and he's bragging about chicks and it's clearly fake. Oh, yeah. But it's like over the top fake. Like when your yep. friend was like, no. No, I mean, like, she's at camp or whatever. Like, we met, yeah, she yeah, lives yeah, in yeah, camp. Yeah, like, like, Todd like, stories. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's unfair and hurtful. Yeah, there were, like, four other guys there. We went to go see Blair Witch, but, like, <laughs> she was digging it. She was into me. I did not realize when I started explaining that how badly that would backfire on me. <laughs> <laughs> you bad. Anyway, <laughs> we cut over to a picnic where Selma Blair and SMG are talking. Yeah. And she's like, so I hear you went on a date with Court Reynolds who's the guy that she's kind of trying to get revenge on. And Selma Blair is like, yeah, he's all right. She's not into it. So they're kind of using her for no reason. But she does say he kept talking about this bulimic head case he dumped over 4th of July. Yeah. Um, but also he's invited her to the Hamptons for Labor Day weekend. Is it accurate? 
I mean, a little bit. I, I mean, it makes me feel bad for her <laughs> yes. because hurt people hurt people. But I wish that her their parents were more involved in their life. The, the thing Agreed. is, is I can't vilify any of these people because they're children and the, the parents are at blame here. Here's the thing. They recognize that they are doing harm and continue yes, to do it. Yes, 100%. So I will vilify them. Yeah. And they are doing it to cause harm. Yeah. Like they're going to get some sort of social collateral for being bad people. But right. their parents should also know that they're bad people. And like their parents do know that's why they weren't invited on the trip with them wherever they went. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. But so Selma Blair in this scene reveals that she's scared of boys because she hasn't interacted with them a lot. And this is where SMG is like, oh, you should practice on one of your girlfriends. It's not gross. She's like, you should take four of them to the movies. <laughs> um, but they end up uh, kissing first regular and then French kissing and there's like the little spit string between them right and she's like oh that was cool and she's like try it on your friend Ronald sometime he's crazy about you and this is where we find out this scene was a huge deal in 99 by not just people my age in high like freshman year of high school or whatever by creeps by, like, that are older the world. Yes. yeah like now look th th looking back with a lens of like adulthood i'm like it should not have been that big a deal yeah this is weird it is super weird yeah i also i've been a girl for a long time in a lot of girl heavy situations never once was this ever suggested to me <laughs> or anyone i knew <laughs> to be honest this is I barely am... suggested to me on dates now <laughs> I know. And, and i was a person who had gone a long time without being kissed who hadn't had you know dating interactions much later than a lot of people and never once was anyone like well, you should try this like never <laughs> and so i i feel like it's done to be exploitative in this movie. Yes, oh, it absolutely yes. is, 100% yeah. like that. You don't think the director got the set that day and was like, oh man, I hate that we have to shoot this because it's in the script. <laughs> Shucks. Well, I just, I mean, but again, they're doing that and they are supposed to be high school students. That's, that's what's I weird. Know, Paige. Like, everyone had to show up to work being like, I'm pretending to be a 16-year-old doing this. And the director was like, I am capturing video of two quote unquote 16 year olds making shot out like a I mean shot like a sex scene because it gets up close. There's the like spit thing like it is not just shot as like a quick kiss like it is shot with a very sexual lens. Yeah. And here's the thing. If, if this was part of your sexual awakening to try it with a friend. Fine. Cool. Whatever. Great. That's not what I'm harping on. 16 year olds going to kiss 16 year olds. That's it's going to be that way. I really don't like this movie be sexualizing it for an adult audience yeah yes. exactly Paige. i had none of these feelings when i was a kid watching this movie and now as yeah. an adult i'm like i feel very very weird watching this movie same well because this movie is also correct me if i'm wrong i'm double checking right now uh this movie is rated r it which is. means that you couldn't technically even see it without a parent unless you were 17 like so it's these characters could not even see this movie without a guardian <laughs> Like that, that is upsetting. That is sexualizing children in a way that I don't really like. The whole movie is about it. Like yeah. Selma, I know. Blair's character gets like more fun after they sexualize her. I, ooh. anyway, so she also reveals that Ronald sends her love letters and she doesn't know what to do with them. So she like hides them in her dollhouse. You're supposed to read them. I tried to tell that to her when I watched <laughs> the movie. But... Sarah Michelle Gellar's like, get me copies of them. I'm great with love letters. And of course, Selma Blair, Selma Blair doesn't realize that she's just going to set her up for something bad. Yeah, she thinks she's a friend. Like, she literally in the scene says, you're my best friend. Like Chucky. 
Yeah. <laughs> Selma Blair should have stabbed SMG. You're right. Yeah. I could see a much darker version of this movie being more entertaining. How? Well, like, what if they started murdering each other? So that's just Scream. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> that's just Scream. Uh, or Heathers. Yeah, kind. I mean, yeah, kind of. I, I am here for people murdering people because that would potentially give Reese Witherspoon or Selma, yeah, Selma Blair a chance to give consequences. Anyway, so we cut to the aunt's house where Reese Witherspoon is reading what I think is the letter about Sebastian. Um, and he starts playing Handel's Messiah. So it's like super loud classical music. And she comes down to the pool where he's chilling in an old wheelchair and turns off the music. This scene is so crazy because she comes down and he is in the wheelchair from that movie we watched. The Changeling. Yeah, the yes. Changeling. But also the wheelchair for from Dream Warriors. <laughs> Dream Warriors! Absolutely. So, but he is playing the music and she's like, you know, you're playing that all over the house. And he goes, no, I'm not just here in your room. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is the bonkers behavior. Like, you don't, if you want to invite somebody to go to the pool with you, go invite her to go to the pool. Don't like summon her with crazy operatic music. Well, and then he plays the Cardigans Love Fool, which was a huge song at the time. Love yes. me, love me, say that you love me. Yeah, I've never heard it. <laughs> uh, did you know that they had to learn that song phonetically? Because they didn't speak English? That's correct, yeah. I did not realize that they weren't an English-speaking band. No, they are, uh, I believe, Swedish, like every other pop music. Like ABBA, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he kind of invites her to come swimming, so she goes to get her suit, and he also buy, or I'm sorry, before she leaves to get her suit, he bought her a custom backpack with her name on it. Yeah, it's actually sort of a sweet gift. Like It's, it's nice. pretty cool, actually, yeah. You would totally give it up for him, Todd. You're so gullible. <laughs> I Okay, this is going to be a little bit too revealing. I have a journal like he oh. has. It's a leather-bound journal that you wrap uh, the string around it, close it. And I do have a leather satchel that looked a little bit like that thing he bought her. Except it's more of a satchel and not like a tote like it is for her. I like fine leather goods. I'm a sucker for fine leather goods, guys. I like to God. bind and be bound. Uh, In leather. <laughs> I like to bind and be bound my feelings at night. It's a journal. You like journal your feelings. Well, it's, I don't use it for a journal. I use it for like ideas and notes and stuff like that. I don't it's ever. It's a burn book. I get it. And I recording don't... everything about every person you've ever slept with. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. All two pages. It's a very short book. Yeah, yeah, Mikey. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very short book. <laughs> so she leaves to go put her suit on. He answers his cell phone, and it's his sister who's like, did you fuck her yet? And he's like, I'm working on it. And she says, loser. He says, blow me. She says, call me later. And he hangs up. Yeah. So she comes back down, and she puts on perfume. Oh, and yeah. lipstick, I think, right? Yeah. And she gets down to the pool, and he is full naked right out of the shower. And oh, yeah. deliberately so she will see Oh, it. yeah. And then he makes it like her problem. Like, do you mind? I didn't clearly stage this yes. because i want you to see me naked this is what i mean about him gaslighting and turning people's motives on them because she just came into that room she had nothing to do with it and he is painting it as if she is the one being predatory yeah that would be like if i was in mikey's living room and i was like hey mikey get us some drinks 
Let's start watching Cruel Intentions. And he comes back and I'm naked. And I'm like, oh, do you mind? I'm changing yeah, into you. my movie watching suit or whatever. Like, that's bonkers. I yeah. hate this example. <laughs> I hate this joke. I hate this story. I don't want this. Your feet would tear, like, scratches into my new couch. Yeah. I like that he'd be standing on the couch. <laughs> I actually picture him, like, crab walking over my couch and just tearing it up naked. And I'm like, oh. It's under warranty, but would they cover it? And now I had to picture Todd crab walking naked, and I'm not. We, we don't cover Hobbit stains. The, 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 the key to picturing Todd crab walking naked is like it also makes the same noise as spider legs as they crawl across. The... <laughs> because I have I don't hopes. like it. I don't know. It's just how it's scary in my mind. Oh my <laughs> anyway, so he gets into the pool. She gets into the pool. Not since Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Have I seen so many toy sailboats in a pool with grown adults? <laughs> but they're not grown adults, so the joke is ruined. I didn't see any sailboats. Nor did so. I. I. In the whole background, there's like big toy sailboats in the pool with them. And that's what I focused on. I didn't notice that at all. Because I was like, I hate this movie. What can I focus on to talk about during the podcast? Oh, sailboats, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying not to focus on the fact that Ryan Phillippe did not put a suit on. He did not. He is naked in that pool. Yeah. Oh, is he really? Yes. Absolutely. It's terrible. Yeah. Whew. Oh. Anyway, she then starts reciting basically parts of the letter to him like this is what people said to me about you yeah and he's like he was like bad boys for life <laughs> well no he's like you're everything i'd want in a girlfriend so like determined ambitious ambitious uh and she's like i'm seeing someone and he's like you never mentioned until now and she's just like you're not my type and he's like honestly and she's like yeah i'm i'm gonna go yeah. and he's like all right good night and then we were like they've only had like four minutes of total screen time so she's not had a chance to mention him at all <laughs> yeah well and this is the first time you've mentioned him well yeah we are just now talking for the first time <laughs> in yeah. the movie this is our yeah. second scene together in the movie i will say i think what the movie is trying to do and i don't like it is to really play on the fact that she is attracted to him that's why she puts on the perfume that's yeah. why she maybe didn't bring up trevor but it doesn't matter because he's still manipulating her <laughs> like it's it is i don't care that she's attracted to him it kind of frames it like she's asking for it yes and i hate that i also hate that i hate it so much i don't like it this movie is real terrible i'm very interested to see how the facebook group and like community react to this movie because a lot of people were like oh my god i'm so glad you're doing cruel intentions and i was like you shouldn't be <laughs> mm -hmm. so upset yeah anyway he leaves he goes to blaine's house walks in on him and greg and takes a couple pictures so he's got blackmail and greg is like i didn't talk to her i don't know what you're talking about and he kind of instead enlists greg to tell her good things about him yeah so he still blackmails this person who's in the closet and will experience very negative repercussions if this information gets out like it is terrible that he does this for at least the next 10 years well no i mean yeah easily he needs to decide when he's gonna come out right like his family yeah. may be super conservative which they probably are because they're rich as shit like the school probably would not react very well, well like and if he wants to go into the nfl nobody was out at that 
point. Oh yeah, that didn't happen until honestly pretty recently. Yeah, and and so yes, this this is somebody who definitely isn't ready to come out now, and this blackmail could put them in a very difficult spot. Yeah, which is like a generalization for like all of blackmail. Yeah, you should never just out people. <laughs> is what I'm gonna say. Mikey's like, like, have you not seen the movie Clue? <laughs> yeah, I mean blackmail is bad, full stop. But also don't out people. No, no of course not. Come out. The, I mean, like it's like where the '90s is showing, right? The way they treat yeah. their gay characters and all that. Yeah, stuff. you're right. But we also find out from when he took Reese Witherspoon out that Mrs. Caldwell, so Selma Blair's mom, is the one who wrote her the letter, and so that's kind of who they're going to target next. So we watch a video of one of Selma Blair's music lessons where she basically flashes her crotch at her music teacher. Like does a headstand. Yeah. And they end up almost kissing, but he kisses her hand and then they leave. Can we talk about why they don't kiss? Sure. Do you, did you see it? Her pager goes off. Yes. And I thought that, that yeah. was very funny. I was like, oh, pagers. Do you guys remember the 10 years pagers were a thing? <laughs> but we also find out that Sarah Michelle Geller is the one who has that video. And so she now is working with Sebastian. She's like, if we rat them out, it ends the relationship and they'll turn to us for help, which gives us control. And we can kind of use this as a weapon against her mom, but also against court. And this is kind of air quotes beneficial for everybody. Yeah. But she asks Ryan Phillippe to basically speed up Cecile's sexual awakening before she goes away with court for Labor Day weekend. And then they commence with a sibling massage that is so upsetting. I mean, it's not, a, it's a hand job. Like, it's maybe not to completion, but she is jerking him off. Well, it doesn't count. It doesn't count unless it's a completion. <laughs> I don't think that that's how that works, Mikey. <laughs> I couldn't tell if she was jerking him off with her hand or if because she is, her back is against him, which would mean her butt is right against his crotch if she was just literally grinding him. Like, I don't know. It's off screen. But it's clearly a sexual interaction between step siblings. It's the only movie that ever made me want a stepsister. Oh, Mikey, no. Mikey, no. It's too bad I, I don't have time to cut anything from this no, episode. No, no, so cut that, it out. That's oh, definitely no. going to make it in there. Uh, before she gets up, <laughs> she literally licks his jawline yeah. and then gets up and leaves. Yeah. The height of sexuality when you're 17 years old. This whole scene is so hard to watch. Someone licks my jawline. They're like, is that Cheeto dust? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, if you have Cheeto dust on your jawline, I'm going to lick you next time I see you. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a 50-50 chance on any given day that I have Cheeto dust on my jawline. <laughs> like, you guys should not be around me. I am into hot Cheetos right now. And listen, ooh, if there's some hot Cheeto dust. Put them in burritos. Dust, yeah, oh. Any Cheetos hot if it's on my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Who is someone that you would lick Cheeto dust off of? <laughs> Fucking everybody. Like, I, <laughs> this is like a spit list with a very low bar because it's, it's, it's delicious. It's a Cheeto list. It's everybody. Honestly, Paige, I am just terrified for the next live show that we're going to see like a bunch of people show up with like Cheeto dust on their face. I mean, more me licking Chester for me. Cheeto. Yeah, I'm going out there. It's Chester Cheetah, not Chester Cheeto, Mikey. Yeah, because he's a cheetah and yeah. his name is Chester. Well, I'm not a cheetah. I'm very monogamous. <laughs> Ladies <laughs> Pages bowed out Head in hand Her head is in her hand That's amazing That just means you want to eat Cheeto dust off the same person For the rest of your life Exactly that Special someone If you find that special combination Of sweat, skin, and Cheeto dust You don't want to give it up No, and I feel like <laughs> Cheeto dust is perfect For one of the worst Like the weirdest 
sexual encounters that we have multiple times on this show, which is finger sucking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheeto yeah, yeah. dust is perfect for that. Like, imagine if he had just eaten Cheetos in Best Friend's Wedding before she, like, <laughs> got that ring off her. Honestly, that would have made sense to me. <laughs> I would have been like, he's not cheating at all. It's just Cheetos. Yeah. It's the Cheeto cheating loophole. <laughs> anyway. Sebastian calls Annette and is like, did I leave my glasses there? And she's like, no. While he's wearing his glasses, which is yeah. like, oh, I'm such a sociopath, <laughs> Joe. And she's like, is that really why you're calling? And he's like, no, I miss talking to you. And I'm like, for the one time that you've talked to her, fine. They have no screen time together. The whole film. Yeah. They have like three scenes. The next day, they agree to go out. Yeah. Where he like takes her out the next day and they go and hang out. Meanwhile, SMG and Mrs. Caldwell go shopping and she tells her about Cecile's potential relationship with her music teacher, which they've done nothing yet. Yeah. yeah. Ronald's sending love letters and stuff like that. But yeah. Right. So her mom shows up to the lessons, breaks it up, fires him. In a very racist way. She is clearly being racist. That is clearly why she objects. Because as we've established, I think he is her age and is pre-Juilliard. So, like, he's not unsuitable as someone who would be interested in her. In fact, Court, the person that SMG previously dated that's now interested in her, is probably more unsuitable because I think he's considerably older because SMG is older than Cecile yeah. by, like, about a year or yeah. so. so she's, like, 15? I think Selma Blair is 16 and Sarah Michelle Gellar is 17, maybe. But it could be 15 and 16, but I think it's, I mean, I was 18 my senior year, so I know that's not the norm necessarily. I was 17. But I turned 18 after, in the summer, but before college. I turned 19 two months into my first year of college. Anyway, regardless, there, there should not be a reason for her to be this upset about them potentially being interested in, in each other, except that she is racist. I do like the way that Ronald handles it, because yeah. Yeah. when she like points out that you know, you're not suitable for my daughter or whatever. I can't remember exactly what she says. I got you off the streets. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what Yeah, and is. he's like, I live on 59th and East or, or West or whatever. A park. Park, 59th and Park yeah, is what so it he, is. I yeah. mean, he may as well have been like, I'm as rich as you are, you dude. He is, yeah. And uh, his, to defend him accusing her of racism, she's like, we gave money to Colin Powell. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's not. And then the as same. he leaves, he makes a real big show of it, which I was yeah. like, good for you, Ronald. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, honestly, until Ronald sleeps with Sarah Michelle Geller, I was team Ronald all the way. Yeah, same. But I also think that Sarah Michelle Geller probably manipulated him. Oh, too. I think so too. I think Ronald did that because he was manipulated. I think he ultimately is the hero of this movie because he kills Sebastian or Ryan Phillippe's character. But that <laughs> makes him a hero in my mind too. Yeah. He's, he honestly saved countless women from getting murdered by killing Ryan Phillippe in this movie. Yeah. Plus that taxi driver. The whole thing I was thinking was like, Oh my God, he probably went to jail. Yeah. But Mikey, it really isn't his fault. Like he went there to pick a fight. It's like definitely manslaughter. No, 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 Reese no, no, no. Witherspoon falls into the street and then Ryan Phillippe goes to oh, push her. Right. Right. Okay, so he okay. goes in of his own volition. Right. And he doesn't get pushed in. So 
Ronald really is not at fault. Can we talk about how slow that taxi was going and Ryan Phillippe would have absolutely survived being hit by that taxi? But yeah, I thought it was funny that he was dead at the end too because yeah, that yeah. taxi was not going that fast. Although nope. he does speed up when he sees it's Ryan Phillippe, which I appreciate. <laughs> but so they intercept Ronald at the elevator and are just like, hey, come with us. We're going to help you. Yeah. And they tell him to write letters, not send emails because... Emails are for sex pest and geeks or whatever. Which is what I told my department at work. And like, <laughs> they weren't on board with that. And they're like, excuse you. So they're going to be the go-between between Ronald and Cecile. So they call yes. Cecile. And as and Cecile's crying, she's distraught. And Ryan Phillippe asks Sarah Michelle Geller while they're on the phone. He's like, are you aware that we are destroying an innocent girl? We are about to play with her emotions in a way that will drastically change her life. Are, if you're OK with that, then call. But if like I need you to consider it. Yes. Basically. And SMG is just like, no, I'm doing it. So she calls Cecile. Uh, she puts Sebastian on and they basically coordinate a situation in which she will come over in Sebastian's room, write letters back to Ronald. And then ostensibly Sebastian will then deliver them. But their plan is for then Sebastian to sexually assault her. Yeah. But like in their minds, it's seducing. But in their mind, it's seducing. But it is assault. Oh, 100%. yeah. Because he gets her drunk. He gets her drunk. He gives her a Long Island iced tea and he's photographing her with without her consent and then talks her into taking more photos and then when she full stops and is like I'm not going to take more photos he basically guilts her into like but I just wanted to kiss you and she's like okay and he's like and you promise you can't go back on your promise and so he kind of browbeats her into essentially he goes down on her yeah but she doesn't understand what is going to happen to her beforehand. She doesn't explicitly consent to it. She is definitely manipulated into it. And she doesn't even know what to call it afterward. She does not have all the information she needs to give enthusiastic consent. And it is real gross. Yeah. I yeah. honestly, yeah. the next scene should have been De- Detective Benson and Stabler, like, yeah. hauling Ryan Phillippe into the police precinct. Ooh. Can we put Detective Stabler on the spit list? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, that guy is still doing it right. Yeah. Absolutely, Mikey. I mean, sure. That's how confident he is he has consent. He'll leave DNA evidence everywhere. <laughs> We're not talking about Ryan Phillippe. We're talking about Detective Stabler. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, Ryan Phillippe okay. does not have consent. He will not spit, just in case. Yeah, no, no, I, I get what Mikey is saying. Where if it's you're like, with a spitter, there's enthusiastic consent because they're ready to just yeah. blacklight the shit out of your room and like there's just, blah, 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 it's blowing up everywhere. Black yeah. light the shit out of your room is an amazing <laughs> yeah. phrase for that. I would always have the stipulation that before spitting occurs, enthusiastic consent for spitting and other activities has occurred. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to her mom finds the doll the next morning because she snuck out of the house, um, but doesn't question it. I love that the doll is wearing a shirt that says her name on it. Yeah. Yes, oh, Cecile. So I was like, that's not going to fool anybody. It's still a doll, Cecile. Yeah. Well, we cut to she goes to brunch with Annette uh, and uh, Sebastian's aunt. And Sebastian is there and making lewd gestures at her. And she leaves. She runs because she's upset about the night before. She clearly did not fully grasp what was happening to her and did not therefore consent to it. She behaves as you might expect if you had been assaulted. I believe she was assaulted. That's what in, I'm in my book, what happened was assault. Yeah. yeah. And she reacts that way, right? Like she yep. sees her assaulter and then leaves as quickly as she can. Yeah. Meanwhile, Annette and Sebastian get roped into working at a retirement home, volunteering in somebody's place. And 
Annette actually talks to the person at the retirement home and is a nice, good person trying to do a good deed. Sebastian manipulates the old woman that he's assigned to, who clearly has some memory issues, and lies to her about what they did so that when they ask, it sounds like they had a good time. Yeah. So we cut to the drive back. And he admits that he didn't have a good time. And for some reason, for Reese Witherspoon, she's like, I feel like I'm actually getting to know you. Which I'm like, you're getting to know that he's kind of evil. Like, right. You- this whole scene is supposed to be like they're like falling in love scene. And it like, to me, it falls completely flat. It falls completely flat. I do like the faces she makes. I think they're very fun. But they end up holding hands because she makes him <sighs> laugh. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Like, I do think Reese Witherspoon's character is super charming, super sweet. The faces are very cute, whatever. But you don't cure not ever having felt a feeling in your life with silly faces. Yeah, and we cut next to Selma Blair having like a moment with a Diet Coke. Like she's like not okay. And <laughs> that is the perfect example of what you're talking about because you're absolutely yes. right. Yeah. Yeah, SMG comes up and is just like, "What happened? Are you okay?" And she's like, "No, something awful happened. Your brother took advantage of me." And Sarah Michelle Gellar says, "Why didn't you do something?" Yeah. And I Her was talk like, is <gasps> Terrible. It's like straight up victim blaming and then like yes. like congratulates her on her sexual assault, which is bonkers. It's horrifying because essentially first she's like, if you didn't want to do it, you would have tried to stop it. And it's like she was drunk. She was manipulated. Like, what are you? Do- no. And then she's like, here's what happened to you. You are embracing your womanhood. You should do it as often as possible now. And like essentially leads her down this path of like, no, what happened to you wasn't wrong. It's exactly what you needed to be doing. But also, if you thought it was wrong, that's your fault. Yeah. And you should have stopped it. And everyone does it all the time. Just no one talks about it. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. We're all we all do it all the time. Time, right guys <laughs> i no, no what she did no i enthusiastically consent to the healthy sexual relationship that i have frequently but no not what she did that this is the oh i was just making a joke that i don't have sex a lot 100 <laughs> percent, she was assaulted it's terrible yeah. yeah well and then they kind of create a situation in which like sebastian's going to a like instruct her and she counters back with like i don't love him i love ronald and she's like well don't you want to make ronald happy so she talks her further into it of just like do this for ronald while it's serving their purpose of like corrupting her for their own joy in a way which is just like and corrupting is the wrong word too but just like not being honest with her about the activities that she's engaging in and not giving her true consent and agency they are hurting her and manipulating her for no other reason other than their own enjoyment like a way yeah that like a serial killer would torture an animal before they murder it Yeah, it's real, real brutal. And we cut to her in bed with Sebastian next, clearly after they have just had sex. And he is just cold to her. He has no empathy or kindness toward her. And I mean, he's like journaling or whatever. I think it's journaling, right? He's journaling about her, about the conquest. And he literally is like, this is what I call quiet time. No, like, don't talk to me. And then he's like, well, I got an early meeting, so I got to get out of here. Or my dog needs to be fed or whatever excuse. Oh, I got to go take a shower. Mikey, what right. what excuse do you use to leave? I mean, I never even get there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like, goes to take a shower, and she, like, offers some sexual stuff. And he's like, no, I'm whatever. I'm bored with you now. I don't want your blowjob. 
<laughs> Said no man ever. Right? <laughs> but he's not a man. He's a boy who's a serial that killer. That is true. You're right. Ugh. We cut to the next day where he and SMG are like spying on Annette who's at uh, like a picnic and reading and crying because she's affected by the book. And this is where SMG is like, you're losing your bet because you're into her. And he's like, I'm not losing, but I'm infatuated with her and I got to figure out what to do. So he goes out to the picnic and literally without any preamble just kisses her like a lot. Yeah. And they end up kind of making out and he's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, I, I guess I am too, which I'm like, you have nothing to be sorry about. You were just reading. No, I th <sighs> the way I read that scene is that because she, she stops him from kissing her yeah. and he's like i'm sorry and she's like yeah i am sorry too like you should not have done that yeah yeah and then he says well i'm not sorry i don't take it back i can't <laughs> handle just being friends and then basically gets her to admit like i do have feelings for you and then she says i can't trust myself when i'm with you that's why we shouldn't be together right which is a i've healthy, heard that before but that's a healthy adult way of approaching it like that's what she should say and to be honest for her own safety i wish that had remained the same for this like the whole rest of the movie but no we cut to later that night where she's getting ready for bed and he comes in and is like hey i just came to say goodbye and she's like well, where are you going and he's like I can't take you playing games with me anymore. She has not played a single game. It's so bonkers. Yeah. She is not playing games. He is actively playing oh, games. Yeah. Set up a bet to do all of this. Yes. I mean, she has literally been open, honest, communicative with him this entire time. And he then gaslights her to be like, well, you're hot one minute and cold the next. No, she is not. She has been open and openly communicative the whole time and then he tells her that she's a hypocrite because she was waiting for love and here it is right in front of you and you turn your back on it you turned your back on love which is bullshit i think i hate that line the most i hate it so much because yeah. this is also like a week into their knowing each other yeah well and also i understand that for her the idea of love is a pinnacle for her and she is so young that she may not necessarily understand what love truly looks like outside of a like fairy tale context. Yeah, love is something that other people get and then it crushes you for long periods of time every four or five years. And like she's too young to realize that yet. Or she, I think, is maybe too inexperienced to understand the difference between infatuation and love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He's about to leave and she stops him. She locks the door and kisses him and they back up against the bed. They're definitely, she's getting undressed. She's unbuttoned his pants. She is definitely giving signs that she is ready to go all the way. Yeah, she takes right. her, she unbuttons her pajamas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say that she has been manipulated into that thinking. Oh, yeah. I don't think she's given those 100%. signs based on like full information, which she yeah. should have before actually making that decision. Not that any of that is her fault, mind you, but yeah. No, not at all. That's what I mean. No. Yeah. But the movie wants you to think that he is a hero for not having for sex changing with her in his this mind. moment. Yeah. Yes. Or like doing the most basic human decent thing. Makes him the romantic lead at this point. Exactly. And this is a person that yeah. literally the last time he was alone with a woman in a room with her, he sexually assaulted her. Which was yeah. yesterday. <laughs> it is canon that that happened the day before this day. You're absolutely right. It's gross. So, oh God. He leaves and he sees himself in the mirror and says, get it together, you pussy. Yeah. So the next day, Reese Witherspoon leaves 
we cut to his house where he and SMG are talking and he basically is like, I just didn't feel right about it. And she's like, you had a chance and you didn't do it. You're a chump. And by the way, she already left. She's going to go stay with friends. So you blew it. I'm going to get your car. Yeah. So he goes after her. He calls Greg. He finds out that she is with another friend of the family, uh, the the Michalax, Michalax. Michalax, I think. Yeah. I think Michalax is what Ernest Scared Stupid has to use to kill the goblins. I haven't seen <laughs> Ernest Scared Stupid because it's, it's a horror movie. Because it's a horror movie? Anyway, he drives across the bridge. He gets to the train station and he catches up with her at the escalator. Yeah. She comes back to, I think, his house where they have sex. When they see each other in the at the escalator moment, they're like, I love you. I love you, too. And I'm like, no, you yeah. don't. No, Nobody no, you in don't. this movie loves anybody. Like, Ryan Phillippe no. cannot feel emotion. Like, do not do this, Reese. But they do go end up going back to, I think it is Ryan Phillippe's house, to Bone Zone. Or the ant's house, because he comes back to his house to oh, run into SMG. Then it, must, it must be the uh, the ant's house. You're right. But yeah, so they go to the ant's house and have, like, it is a long sex scene. Long. Well, it's long for, like, high schoolers. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, just in, like, for sex scenes in general, the, the like, the camera makes a meal of it, where it made me so, it was, un- I was uncomfortable that it was happening, and then it just kept going. <laughs> And I yeah. was just like, it was very long. Please make this over. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to, he comes back to his house with flowers and overhears his sister having sex with Ronald. Oh yeah. And then she like, he goes and knocks on the door and she invites him in. Like, why would you, that would not be my first reaction to hearing that. Cause she wanted him to catch them. I know. But if I was Ryan Phillippe in that moment, I'm a true like villain shitbag. I still yeah. don't want to see my stepsister banging anybody. Yeah. I don't yeah. care how good they are at the cello. I don't know, but he ends up going back to Reese Witherspoon and breaks up with her. Oh, yeah, because she's like, oh, you love her for real. I'm going to ruin her reputation and yeah. all this other shit that doesn't matter after two years after this movie would take place anyway. He, But he doesn't want to do this, but it feels like SMG sort of like makes him because he's like yeah. protecting her on. I mean, all of it is like stupid bullshit stuff that he doesn't have to do, but he does anyway. So there is a adult version of this called Dangerous Liaisons based on the novel with John Malkovich in it. Yeah. Uh, and it's much better because it's just not as creepy. <laughs> it takes place in Victorian France where like the novel takes place. Well, yeah, because this is based on a like Victorian French novel. And I'm only bringing this up because pages out of Outlander episodes. And I really <laughs> think this could scratch that itch for you. Yeah, it's uh, a lot like Outlander, but it's John Malkovich. So <laughs> yeah, see a uh, hard pass. Oh, he's not on your spit list. No, he's not on my spit. <laughs> anyway. So he comes back after breaking up with Reese Witherspoon, intending to, I think, bone zone his sister. And she's just like, ha ha, I tricked you. Also, I don't fuck losers. So suck it. And then she's like, I tricked you into sabotaging the only person you ever loved because you're just a toy to me. I don't have any true feelings. I'm like, yeah, you both are like that. You're both sociopaths. You don't. You don't have yeah. feelings for each other. Yeah, they're both terrible people. Well, and he tries to call Reese Witherspoon. Nobody answers. Or at least they keep telling her that telling him that she's not there. Right. He grabs his journal, goes to her house, gives them the journal. She eventually reads it, but it's like and she reads the letter that goes along with it is basically just like, I can't do anything to like undo what I did, but I hurt the per- person I loved, which is like you, and closes my journal. Uh, if you want the truth, then read it. No more lies. But I'm just, and, and it has like the bet, but literally what this journal contains at a minimum is what we've seen in the movie, which is the fact that he wants to sleep with his stepsister and has had at minimum 
foreplay sexual interactions with her. Yes. Uh, that he seduced and had sex with Cecile while he was also seeing Annette purely for their own gain. I mean, that was part of the bet. Like, that would have been on the page about the bet, right? Yeah. Well, no, she has her own page. So he wrote about, like, a bunch about Cecile and then also about Annette. So, like, it's got everybody in it. I'm assuming Tara Reed's portion is in it, too. Oh, it has like, to be, right? Yeah, and that's not even covering the school nurse and whoever else that we hear about. And the fact that she reads this and then is like, well, maybe I should reconsider going out with him. I'm just like, no. Yeah. Burn it and run in the other direction. No, don't burn it because you need it as evidence in case something yeah. happens. But like, if someone shows you who they are, like, believe them and run away from that person. Yeah. Unless his whole journal's like, I'm a terrible person. I hate myself. I wish I could change. I don't, I don't get think the vibe so. I don't think it, it said that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So we cut to Ronald's house where SMG calls him and is just like, Sebastian's out of his mind and he hit me. So Ronald goes looking for Sebastian. Yeah. In New York, which is like not an easy task. It is sort of like luck of the draw because Sebastian or Ryan Phillippe is coming home as Ronald's leaving the place. Well, right. And everyone kind of converges in Central Park. Which is strange. But Ronald already did establish that he lives off park. Like, he could yeah. just be walking home. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they get into a fight. Annette sees it from her window. So she runs down to try and stop the fight. She gets thrown into traffic. He pushes her out of the way and gets hit by the taxi. Right. They say, I love you to each other. And then he passes away, even though... That taxi would had already like skidded to a stop before it hit him, so that he would have absolutely survived that impact. I mean, he might have like broken a leg or two, but like he would have been fine in like six months. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like when Regina George gets hit by the bus. <laughs> have you guys ever watched that show, uh, Taxi Cab Confessions? Like oh, the God. first confession was the taxi cab being like, <laughs> I sped up to hit Ryan Philippi. So even though he would have probably survived that car accident. Uh, we cut to his fucking funeral where Annette's dad is giving his eulogy, even though they've never met. Okay, so I have a hot take about this scene. Uh-huh. He is Tom Sawyer Huck Finning his own funeral. Thank because you. you. I never thought see for sure that was going to happen. Yeah. I thought he was going to turn out to be alive the whole time yeah. and that she had like engineered it to get back at his sister. But then at the same time, I was like, that makes him the hero. And that's weird. They make it the hero anyway. I thought for sure he was going to surprise be alive. Yeah. But because there is no casket at this funeral. I 100% forgot he died in this movie. Me too. I had forgotten that too. And listen, I, I do realize that there are funerals where caskets aren't like available. I was at a funeral earlier this year where there were a bunch of caskets that were not available, but like his body was just in the street. What did they do with it? Yeah, I don't know. He is in the rafters above his funeral. That's all I'm saying. I like that ending more question mark i thought for sure that was going to happen and that he had faked his own death i don't know how they would have done it without her knowing but i like that I ending thought. more if it's revealed after everyone's reading the stuff and she gets in trouble or whatever he comes out and he's like ha i got you and then he immediately gets arrested <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's like i got you and they're like also you've committed crimes in this book yeah uh you tried to do something with your school nurse I also, I don't know why reading that book makes everyone turn on her because, like, he is also awful in that book. Yeah. Like, if anything, reading that book, I would be like, I didn't want to know this about all these people. But, Paige, he wrote that book. I bet in that book he is, like, so sweet and nice and compassionate and, like, people just aren't seeing the actual side of him that we saw in the movie. 
Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, so Annette runs into SMG in the bathroom and is like, oh, sorry to hear about your brother. And we reveal that SMG is A, doing coke in the bathroom and B, about to give her eulogy. So she goes up and starts to give it. Meanwhile, somebody runs in and hands out copies of the journal and everyone leaves. She comes outside and everyone is reading from that journal. Now, here's the other thing. Yeah, Selma Blair went to Kinko's. Yeah, but she is also not portrayed favorably in that journal. No. Neither is Annette. I know. And so I'm just like, if I were them, I wouldn't want any of this information getting out. And so I don't know why this changes everyone's perspective at the end of this movie. And then, like, the big thing that happens is that she's caught with cocaine on campus or whatever. So let's, like, unpack this for a second. Mm -hmm. The big revenge is that she gets suspended for four days, but actually, she like, her brother is dead. Like, you know, like, there's no comparison of, like... She got her comeuppance. Do you know what I'm saying? I really think the movie positions it like her reputation is ruined, and that yeah. makes a big deal, which it doesn't. In high school, no, all you I have know, to do yeah. is go to like anywhere else. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, like there are no real repercussions for her in this movie. Yeah. So they drag her away to, you know, personality jail. I don't know. Like to reputation jail. Reputation, reputation jail. jail. This is based on a book from like the 1700s where like that shit probably did matter more. But like it doesn't yeah. matter. Even in 1999, she would just be transferred to a different school and her it would be fine. Like she would have no repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. She's rich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we cut to a shot of Annette driving his car. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen Cruel Intentions and talked about it, how do you guys feel about the 1999 sex pest film Cruel Intentions? I wish I had not seen this movie. <laughs> I know it is a cultural touchstone, but I this put me in such a bad mood. I, ooh, I don't like it. Yeah, so had I remembered how truly bad this movie was, I would not have picked it. I didn't remember it like me that. Me either. I, and then I watched it, I was like, this is so terrible. I legit probably watched this at like 15. Like I, I snuck to my friend's house, watched this when it was like, they were older than me in the movie. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh my God, yeah. is this what life is like when you're a senior? Yeah. <laughs> and now watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh, I don't ever want to see this again. I straight up was like, girls can kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you mean last night when you watched it? <laughs> no. But I mean like before, that's like, I didn't even have AOL. Yeah. I was innocent. Until this movie. Until Wild Things. This movie was just a... This movie was not <laughs> that great. So, yeah, ultimately, I don't think anyone should watch this movie. I can't believe it got made. It was just... It has to be just... It was different times. Like, I can't imagine this movie gets made nowadays without heavy changes. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit it with your fun facts. Troubling, pest, fun, fun facts. facts. Troubling <laughs> there, there's a lot of fun facts for this movie because this movie is, uh, despite all of content. sense in the world, uh, yeah, and despite the content, beloved. So there's some. Uh, when they were casting this movie, and, and as far as money fun facts, the only one I really have was the car. So the car was about $225,000. And everyone in this movie is like, their parents are rich. So like, yeah. none of what they have matters because it's not yeah. them who's like getting it, you know? So it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, when they were casting this movie, uh, they had to ask all of the actresses auditioning for the role of Cecile how old they were because they would have sex scenes with Sebastian in the movie. And when they met Selma Blair, she when they asked her how old she was, she re- responded back like, how old are you? In like a bratty voice. And they were just like, you're cast. 
Uh, but she was five years older than Ryan Phillippe at the time. Really? So she looks younger. She looks younger. She's one of the oldest members of the cast. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Every. By the way, everyone in this is considerably over eighteen. Yeah. 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 Which makes it weirder that they like read this script. Well, to, like, I'll, I'll get to it because some people turned it down because of the script. And there are some other things that happen with this movie because of the content that in one way, it makes me respect the people who took a stand, even though they were making this movie. But then on the other hand, I was like, but you still made this movie <laughs> like you didn't have to make it. I don't know. Anyway, well, the people who turned it down didn't make it. It's the people who made the bad decision to make it. That no, made no, no, no. There, there's something there's some stuff later where people who made the movie contractually required some things for the movie that are kind of good things, but they still made the movie. Oh, I got you. OK, OK, OK. Yeah. Uh, so the movie was originally called Cruel Inventions, uh, but test audiences thought that made it sound like a science fiction film so the name was changed before it was released but the script went out to everybody in the movie and they made the movie as cruel inventions it's not until after production that they change it really um i mean cruel yeah. inventions is a terrible name for this movie it like, is and cruel intentions is a perfect name for yes. this movie so i don't know yeah so columbia pictures who was one of the uh, production companies and distributors for the film wanted katie holmes to play annette and the director didn't think she'd be right for it. He really wanted Reese Witherspoon and they had already cast Ryan Phillippe and they were dating at the time. And so he basically asked Ryan Phillippe to convince Reese Witherspoon to be in this movie. Really? And they do. Yeah. And part of the way they convinced her was by saying it'll only be 15 days and you'll be great at it. So like <laughs> it, it like it'll be a quick shoot. You don't even have to worry about it. Sarah Michelle Geller collects old and antique books, and so she owns a very early edition of Les Liaisons Dangereuses, which is Dangerous, Dangerous Liaisons, Liaisons in yeah. French. Yep. Um, the costume and production designer were not necessarily comfortable with the film, uh, where they do put Selma Blair in a red hoodie, supposedly to make it seem like Little Red Riding Hood, like yeah. she's meeting the wolf. Um, but then also production designer, like the set designer, basically made sure that all of the locations that they were filming in were permitted to paint so they could paint them in dark colors. Because according to him, quote, I see this movie very much as a tragedy. Since we're using a young cast, I didn't want it to feel young like a bright teen film because it's not. It's very tragic. Everyone loses. Yeah. And I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they got it. <laughs> it's like everyone but the director got it. I, I think even maybe the director kind of got it and still made the movie. And I don't know. Ugh. But like uh, the director was really inspired by the movie Welcome to the Dollhouse in 1995. And he wanted to make his own dark, fucked up high school movie. And so he deliberately makes this. He views this as dark as well. I think it translates weird at the end of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, um, Ryan Phillippe, while filming with Reese Witherspoon, the scene in which they kind of insult each other, he felt so emotionally drained that he threw up after. Really? Because they were they were dating at the time. Yeah. He's like, I didn't want to have to say things, these things to her. And he does love her. They do get married. They do get married. I'll, I'll I'll talk about it in just a sec so the final like nail in the coffin of 
casting Christine Baranski, who plays Cecile's mother, uh, was that she only had to work three days. And the only reason she did it is because her daughters were Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans. Um, <laughs> that's that's funny. Uh, so Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Phillippe were dating during the shooting of this film, and they got married three months after the movie's release. And they end up having two children together. They do end up divorcing in 2008, but they are together for a long time, have two kids, and are, from what I understand, on fairly civil terms. Um, but she was pregnant during the press tour for this movie, not during the shooting itself. But so the movie came out. They went on the press tour. She was pregnant. They got married a couple months later. It was a whole thing. But so like this really dark movie and, and they're like in love. It's weird. Anyway, so the sex scene was originally supposed to be scored to the Smashing Pumpkins song to Sheila but singer and guitarist Billy Corgan turned them down after finding out what the movie was about. And it's eventually scored to Colorblind by Counting Crows. Yeah, which is a great song, too. Like, Colorblind's a great song, but yeah, I understand why he, Billy Corgan, even though he's not a good dude, would be like, I don't want my song associated with this movie. Mm-hmm. Similarly, uh, the producer Neil H. Moritz contractually agreed to the film being rated R and nothing less. So he basically was like, you rate this R or I'm not involved. And Columbia Pictures agreed. What a terrible line. <laughs> I wonder if he was like, they'll never go for this. And then they like no, went for it. I think it's him being like, make sure people know this is not a teen movie. But it is a teen movie. Yes, but it's not like a fun teen. Like this is a movie for grownups. It doesn't end up being that. I think this is all for naught. But yeah. So the script was written in 12 days. That does not at all surprise me. Yeah. Uh, and during the kissing scene, they didn't initially produce that kind of spit trail, but it happened on one of the takes and they thought it looked so good. The cinematographer thought it looked so good they had to recreate it so that they could do it again. Oh, man. Th that feels gross to me. Just like an old yeah. dude through a lens being like, ooh, kiss deeper. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yep. Uh, and there's a ton, a ton of other fun facts. I'll let you guys look through them uh, if you want to. They're all over the internet. And I'm going to end it right there. Well, thank you so much for those amazingly, some depressing fun facts. Let's talk some box office. So this movie came out in 1999. What do you think the production budget for Cruel Intentions was? I think this is an expensive movie. I, I think it's $20 million. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say the same because it's coming off of uh, some, a bunch of the people who made I Know What You Did Last Summer also work on this movie. And so I think they've got some clout coming into it. So $20 million sounds about right. They certainly have a proven track record of success. You're right. So this movie's production budget was $11 million, which is less oh, than wow. what you thought. Okay. But $11 yeah. million is like 18, a little over $18 million today. It's not nothing. That's a pretty good budget. Mm -hmm. So it came out in theaters on March 5th. 1999 it was number two in the box office when it came out it was beat by analyze this that also came out that week of course cruel intentions That's a good movie <laughs> yeah cruel intentions was number two eight mm is it eight millimeter maybe yeah with nicholas cage yeah was number three that week the other sister was number four and payback was number five how much do you think cruel intentions made its first weekend out i bet it made ooh, first weekend i'm gonna say 20 Okay. I think this does really well if I remember. I'm gonna correctly. say more because I think analyze that was like a like almost a hundred million. Or analyze this. I'm gonna say twenty seven million dollars. Okay. 
Its first weekend out, it made $13 million. Oh, which, okay. If you okay. adjust for inflation, that's like 21. It's it's more than the budget, right? A little bit more than the budget yeah. in its first opening weekend. So that's a successful movie right there. What do you think mm-hmm. it went on to make domestically after that pretty good showing in its first week? 38? No, domestically, like for the whole run, I'm going to put it at 60. Okay. So, Mikey, it is $38.6 million domestically. Uh, it did pretty well in the theaters. Obviously, that's already more than the budget because it did that in its first week. It also made another 37.5 internationally for a total of $76.2 million. And if you adjust for inflation, that is 125.5 million dollars today so it made a lot of money it did very well it helped all of their careers pretty well but it's a terrible movie don't go watch it (laughs) but that's your box office i guess we don't have to do do you think they're still together because he's dead so this week i made you guys watch cruel intentions mikey what are you making us watch next week well i'm gonna redeem sarah (laughs) michelle geller Oh, nice. Are we doing back-to-back SMGs? Not redeem, per se. But, like, (laughs) let's get back to our roots of, like, a weird romantic comedy. I'm going to do Simply Irresistible because Paige likes to cook, (laughs) and I like emotions. That's such a fucking weird movie. (laughs) And the premise is she cooks her emotions into the food and can control and like the people feel those emotions when they eat her food so you made us watch the trailer for this recently and i was like yes. this looks like a terrible hallmark movie and i can't wait to watch it the only trailer that we've watched this week that was worse was the one that people sent me for a princess for christmas which i think we <laughs> have to do in yeah. december if by worse you mean is amazing and has a bond in it yeah it has a Bond and a member of the spit list in it. It's yeah. got both. If we had it my way, this would just be a Christmas romantic comedy podcast. <laughs> Year round. I mean, it just looks so bad. So, yeah, we got bonkers shit coming up because we'd be watching them trailers. Well, do yourself a favor and cook yourself a nice little meal with a lot of emotion baked into it and enjoy Simply, Simply Irresistible. irresistible. <laughs> do you think the song's in the movie? It's got to be, right? <laughs> it's got to be. No, there's no way they could afford the rights. Oh, that. shit. <laughs> that reminds me. I wanted to do a music fun fact for this movie. This movie, yes. Cruel Intentions, ends with Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb. Yes, it does. I'm sure you guys know the song. The Love bum, that bum, song. Bum, 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 bum. So that song was originally written by Rolling Stone, or that part was actually sampled uh, from the Rolling Stones, and the Verve did get, like, rights to a six-note sample from, like, the holder of that copyright that is sampled in it. Mm-hmm. So they thought they were good to release the song, right? It comes out, it's a smash hit, and then the guy who owned the sync licensing for it, who actually used to be the Rolling Stones manager, sued them. And, like, they lost all the rights to that music. They had to put Mick Jagger and Keith Richards on as co-songwriters. So they made zero money off of that song. And that's, like, a really shitty move to, like, have gone through the hoops to get the rights and then it blows up and then you get sued for the rights to that song. Anyway, whatever. So when the guy who sued them died in 2009, the Verve started to reach out to his estate through his family to see if they could get the rights to the song they wrote back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in 2019, the family released the rights back to them and Keith Richards and Mick Jagger 
said that they don't need to be on the copyright anymore either. So now the copyright has reverted back to the verb as of 2019. Wow. Because wow. that yeah. song was huge. It was, but it's not as huge now as it was then. So yeah, they literally missed out on millions of dollars from that oh, song that went to people who were already rich. Yeah. So anyway. um, Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah. Good KKME11500. Just like it's spelled. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. What do they What do they say? Came for the romance. Stayed. I can't see the full title. Stayed okay. for the humor. The, chem- the chemistry. I'm going to say chemistry. Stayed for the Cheeto dust. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I looked it up. It says, came for the romance, stayed for the laughs. Oh, well. All right. So they say, you guys are more entertaining than the actual movie usually is. <laughs> LOL. I mean, yeah, you're welcome. I used to love rom-coms, and I've seen almost all of these already. But listening to you guys talk about how insane Julia Roberts was <laughs> or how asinine the plot of Sweetest Thing is, it's like a PTSD war flashback <laughs> of the insanity that was the late 90s, early 2000s yes. romantic comedy era in the best way. Oh, man. Yeah. Five stars. We definitely are there with this movie, too. Oof, yeah. Of that same time period, and it's super bonkers. Well, thank you so much, good KKME11500, for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to, Mikey, read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. That's all you got to do. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So, guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And, guys, we got a P.O. box. So, if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pip. You're my heroine now. Ugh. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. Patterson. Paddington Bear. Bye. Step sibling nerd. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs>